Turn your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 42. As has often been our custom, we're going to spend a little bit of time during this summer in the Psalms, and um, we've gotten up to 42, so you can tell how long we've been at this. If you're using one of the blue chair Bibles, it's found on page 469. And this morning, I want to begin our time talking about running long distances, something I am not good at. But back in 2014, many, many years ago, Darcy and I completed a half marathon in Seattle, which was a whopping 13.1 miles. And honestly, even in my training for that, I never had run that far, even in the practice. And I can't remember what my time was, but for our purposes today, let's call it at least three hours of running. Mostly running, somewhat running. But one of my basic approaches to this race was an idea borrowed from Sir Isaac Newton, Objects in motion tend to stay in motion, and objects at rest tend to stay at rest. And I knew that if I ultimately came to a stop, it would be that much harder for me to continue on. So even, even if it got as low as a sort of a stumbling walk, my goal was always to keep moving. And it's that idea that I want us to use to understand Psalm 42 this morning. That in a sense, Psalm 42 is meant to keep us moving forward, no matter how slow. It is a psalm that is a lament psalm. And lament psalms are given to us to help us persevere to the end. To persevere through hardship. I find a definition from author and pastor Mark Vrogop to be really helpful in his book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. He says this, lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. Lament is a biblical and godly way to express our pain to the Lord. But it is also a biblical and godly way to help us to keep persevering through the pain. So we both at the same time truthfully express the pain without drowning in that pain. And that's why I love this picture of my attempt to run a race. There are times when we are in so much pain, the pain is so deep or so old that we are merely stumbling forward with each step. But a psalm like Psalm 42 helps us to express our pain while taking one more step each day, one more step of hope and trust in the Lord. I'm thankful to one of the commentators, actually he was one of my professors in seminary, Willem van Gemmeren, in showing this alternating pattern that exists within the psalm that I'm going to be utilizing and I want to give him credit this morning. But I'll come back to this, but this alternating pattern we're going to see, I think, mimics the alternating steps of walking. And I want you to see Psalm 42 as one step, the next step, one step, the next step. 
as we pursue our hope and trust in the Lord in the midst of pain. So let's look at Psalm 42, and let's begin by looking at verses 1 to 2. And we're going to see this internal pattern of lament and then hope. Lament and hope. So let's look at the first part of that lament in verses 1 and 2. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? The psalmist compares himself to a thirsty deer. In the same way that a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Now, I don't normally think of a panting deer though I get to see them very up close. One of them literally walked by my office this week, and I was like, don't worry, dude, I'll get out of your way. And in our culture, we think of dogs that pant. But regardless, we can understand what the psalmist is saying here, that he has a great desire, a great need for communion with God. Like a thirsty animal who needs water, The psalmist needs the Lord from the depths of his soul. He continues on in verse 2 and continues to use this picture of thirst. He thirsts for God, for the living God. Now, I don't know the last time you were really thirsty, but there was a time a couple years ago when we were up in Mount Baker and it turned out to be one of the hottest days of the year. And I was so thirsty after the hike, I needed water. And I think it's important for us to find those times in our experience because there are so few times when we are actually in need. We have been blessed so much. You know, it's, it's almost fitting to talk about this on Independence Day weekend. That we're so thankful for the freedom that we have in this country and the blessings that we have uh, been able to have as a part of our lives that most of us have not experienced extreme need in our lives. But we need to see that this is the metaphor that the psalmist uses for his relationship with God. It's not just an add-on. It's not just a bonus. It is a deep need, just like thirst. He needs God Because God is the living God, the true God and source of all life. Do we view God that way? Again, in some ways, the prosperity we so much experience hinders our understanding of our great need for the Lord. But we are to need God like a deer needs water. Like we ourselves need water. And he says at the end of verse 2, When shall I come and appear before God? This question sets up an idea that will run through this psalm, this idea of distance from the Lord. That he has this question about where is God? When will I see him again? He feels far from me. And that sets the stage for the second part of the lament in verses 3 and 4. Look at that with me. 
My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. In looking at these verses, I want you to understand that one of the important parts of lament psalms is the poetic expressions they give to us to express our deepest pain and sadness. Look how verse 3 begins. My tears have been my food day and night. The psalmist gives us this wonderful picture, those times where you can't eat anything and it's like your only sustenance are your own tears. Most of us have had experiences like this. Most of us have had these dark nights of the soul. And what I want you to see on one level is that the Bible recognizes these realities and can give us words to express them. Remember, the psalmist is directing this to God. He is saying to God, I am in so much pain and sadness that my tears are my only food. One of the neat gifts of the Lament Psalms is the boldness by which we can address the Lord in our pain. And there's a few times in the Lament Psalms where it's almost like, can I really say that to God? <laughs> and the answer, yes. And he's given you words from the Psalms. But on top of this deep sadness where the tears are his only food, we see that there are those around him, those who say, where is your God? So not only, as we saw in the last couple of verses, that he feels a distance from the Lord, but there are those around him who are taunting him, saying, your God is not here. And from this great sadness, it causes him to remember. Look at the second part, or look at verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. As a part of him pouring out his soul to the Lord, Again, its inclusion here encourages us to do the same. Too often when we are feeling depressed and hopeless, we want to run away from God. But the psalmist is saying at that point, you need to draw near to God by pouring out your soul to him. And as he does this, he remembers the good times. He remembers times of corporate worship in the presence of God and among his people. When he talks about going with the throng and leading them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival, he's referring to these annual pilgrimage festivals that existed in the people of Israel where they would go to Jerusalem and come together these three times a year 
in just a huge party of worship. He's picturing the joyous times when everyone was together worshiping at the temple, which was a a sign of God's presence among his people. Instead of tears, he remembers joy. Instead of taunts about God's abandonment, there is corporate worship. Instead of a God who seems far away, there is worshiping God at his temple. I want us to see what he's doing here. Because there's two ways to remember the good old days. There's a brand of nostalgia that only makes us more angry and bitter about our present circumstances. Oftentimes this happens because we forgot all the hard parts of the old days. The reason they're the good old days is because they're the old days and we forgot all the stuff. But there is a category of memory, a category of nostalgia that should draw us back to God. See, in some ways, this verse acts like a transition to the expression of hope that we're going to see in the next verse. He's expressing his pain to the Lord, and he remembers the joy of corporate worship at the pilgrimage festivals. And these lead him to verse 5, to the first expression of hope in this psalm. Let's look at that. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And before we look at this verse, I want you to note that this exact verse is repeated in verse 11, and then also in the next psalm, Psalm 43, verse 5. And in fact, some people believe that Psalms 42 and 43 should actually be treated as one psalm. But for the sake of time this morning, we will split them up as they are in your Bible. But this is the other part of lament that we need to understand. That lament is an avenue of expressing our pain to the Lord, but it is not meant to keep us in that pain. Central to lament psalms is that in addition to expressions of pain, The Lament Psalms contain wonderful expressions of hope and trust in the Lord. So in the first part of verse 5, after describing his pain, the psalmist addresses himself with questions. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? A couple things to note here. Number one, These questions function, as one commentator has noted, as the psalmist analyzing his feelings. It's a secondary secondary point to the main point here, but we need to see the wisdom in a regular analysis of what we are feeling and experiencing. Secondly, it's important to notice that he actually has answers to these questions, but does not give them here. He could answer the questions of why he is downcast. He could answer why his soul is in turmoil within him. We've seen already the pain he is experiencing. We've seen the abandonment he feels. We've seen the taunting that he has received from his enemies. 
but we should note that he does not answer questions he could answer. But rather, he moves from expressing his pain to analyzing his pain to then expressing his hope in the Lord. Put your hope in God. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. When you are experiencing great pain, keep your hope in the Lord. When the world around you feels hopeless, keep your hope in the Lord. Drawing on the earlier language of corporate worship and longing to be in the presence of the Lord, he proclaims, I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Because of his hope in God, the psalmist commits to future worship of God. He will not let his pain swallow him whole. He will continue to hope in God. He will continue to worship God as the God who saved him. Now we'll say more about this at the end because like I said, this verse is repeated. But what I want you to notice yet next is that he again has expressed his pain set his hope, but in verse 6, he goes back to another expression of his pain. Let's look at those verses. Verses 6 and 7. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Here the psalmist flips the question he just asked. He said, why are you cast down, O my soul? And then in verse 6 he says, my soul is cast down within me. Again, as I pointed out at the beginning, the repetition of this psalm. One of the things that it matches is the reality of life. When you are feeling pain and you express it to God, you're not guaranteed to, okay, now I feel better. (laughs) This psalm matches the reality that there is a back and forth of expressing our pain and expressing our hope in the Lord, expressing our pain and expressing our hope in the Lord. Again, think of the alternating pattern like the alternating pattern of your feet. And in his pain, he again goes back to his memories. But instead of going back to the pilgrim festivals, he goes back to the land. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. It's not clear if this is a good memory that he has, but at a minimum, these geographic markers are as one author has written, meant to point our attention to the regions of the sources of the Jordan River. And from there, the mention of the river turns into another expression of his pain, using water for images. Look at verse 7. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Some of the biggest waves I've ever seen are on Lake Michigan, near where I grew up. And when the storm is really picked up there, on that giant body of water, you see these huge waves crash over the pier where the lighthouse is, 
or even in trying to swim in them before your mom calls you in, you feel the power of these waves. If you've ever experienced being overwhelmed by water, you understand why the psalmist uses it to describe his pain. It's common to feel like one is drowning when we are experiencing pain. But specifically in this verse, it's important to describe these waves as God's waves. Look what the psalmist says. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. We don't know the specifics here, but the psalmist views his experience through the lens of experiencing the discipline of God. It's important to note that one category of suffering we experience is the pain of discipline to call us back to repentance. Now, it's also important to note that this is not the only category, and that's the lesson of the book of Job. But we need to understand that it is a category that we have that God uses pain to bring us to repentance. We have a clear example from this from Paul's instructions about communion. Paul writes, For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. It is not the only cause of suffering in this world, but we need to see the testimony to this category here. That sometimes we experience hardship as God's discipline to call us back to repentance. Sometimes you experience God's waves breaking over you to call you back to faith in Jesus. But again, feel the boldness of of the almost accusatory tone that the psalmist makes to the Lord. He's saying, you're doing this to me. It's a boldness that can make us feel uncomfortable, but it's a biblical boldness that we have. But because it is the Lord, because they are the Lord's waves, the psalmist can have hope. Look at verse 8. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Even though the psalmist has experienced the waterfall of the Lord, he knows God is with him. We see this in two parts that express the totality here. So by day... The Lord commands his steadfast love. The psalmist has hope because the Lord relates to him through his steadfast love every day, all day. If you belong to God through faith in Jesus Christ, every day you experience the steadfast love of the Lord. And you're not only covered during the day, God doesn't take the night off. The psalmist says, and at night his song is with me. It's probably best to understand this phrase, his song is with me, as the praise songs that the psalmist sings about God that are in his head and his heart to remind him of his lasting fellowship with God in the night. 
One of the good things about the singing aspect of our worship is that they can stick in your brain and can be very useful to your soul when you are experiencing pain. In the hard times, sing praises to the Lord as a sign of his nearness to you. And it's okay to whisper sing if it happens at night. He ends this verse by saying that this is a prayer to the God of my life. In the pain, we need to remind ourselves that God is the God of my life. He has made me, he sustains me, and provides for my life in every way. So if God is the God of my life, then I can have hope in any circumstance. Let's turn to the last stanza here, beginning verses 9 through 11. Again, we see the lament pattern in verses 9 and 10. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of, my, of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Again, I want you to feel that this alternating pattern of lament and hope, lament and hope. And here we are back at lament. But even in this lament, look at how it begins. He is about to say to God, why have you forgotten me? But look what he says about God in the beginning of verse 9. I say to God, my rock. It should feel strange that at the same time he can call God his rock, he can say at the exact same time, why have you forgotten me? This is the beauty of our relationship with God. That we can honestly express our pain to him, and yet at the same time, we are anchored in our hope and trust of him. He is our rock, the solid ground on which we stand. And he is actually the solid ground on which we cry out our pain to him. But why have you forgotten me? Many of you can relate to this pain when you feel that God has simply forgotten you and abandoned you. And it's okay to say that to him. On top of that, he is mourning because of the oppression of the enemy. And he wants to know why. Again, I think this is very relatable to the everyday experience of our lives. We experience hardship. We can experience the hardship from the mistreatment of others, and we want to know why, because there doesn't seem to be any good reason Again, this is one of the uses of lament psalms. And one of the gifts of the lament psalms is that they present various sources of pain out of which we cry out to the Lord. Feeling abandoned by God, feeling attacked and oppressed, all of these are here in one psalm. The psalmist also includes another expression of being attacked through taunts. 
The pain is not ending because the taunting is all day long. He feels this pain as a deadly wound all the way in his bones. These two expressions together, the expression of all day pain and pain deep in your bones speaks to the totality of the pain, but also to the weariness that we can often feel in deep pain. That the pain will never end, that the pain is so deep in our bones that it will never leave. Love the honesty of this psalm to match your reality. And that God knows what you're experiencing. God knows the deep pain that you are feeling, and he has given you a way to express that to him. But again, not to stay there forever. In the talk of being taunted all the day long, in talk of having a deadly wound deep in his bones, when all around are saying, where is your God? The psalmist brings hope back to us. Verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. When your soul is feeling cast down, when your life is in turmoil, hope in God you will again praise him because he is your salvation and your God. There is no other place to go. There is no other God of my life. There is no other living God. There is no other God whose steadfast love is with us every day, all day, and whose song is with us every night. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Hope in God for I shall again praise him. A couple thoughts as we conclude this morning. Number one, healing is a process. Take one more step today. Think of the picture of enduring and running a long race. The important part is to keep moving. But when you're running up that hill your pace can slow down to almost a stumble. But you're still moving forward. Lament psalms are one of God's gifts to keep you moving forward. To give expression to your pain and at the same time call you to radical hope and trust in the Lord. You know, it's often been said that the Psalms are the prayer book of the Bible. It's wonderful that every Psalm can be so easily brought into our own prayer lives as when we don't know what to say because our tears are our only food. It's okay to just simply read this psalm as your prayer when you don't have the strength to come up with the words yourself. But use these psalms to express that pain and to move towards hope. Again, think of the alternating pattern of this psalm. 
like the alternating pattern of your feet, one step after the other. Secondly, related to that, honestly present your pain to the Lord. As I've said a couple times, one of the gifts of the laments of Scripture is the honest language. The language that can sometimes feel accusatory and uncomfortable towards the Lord. But if we're honest with ourselves, these words match how we're feeling. They match the reality of the pain we're experiencing. And God wants you to honestly present your pain to him. And he has given you these words to show you what godly lament looks like in your life. Don't shove all your pain back down into your stomach. Use the Psalms and express that pain to the Lord. And as the second part of the lament, cling to the hope we have in Christ. Lament is a gift that leads us from pain into hope. At the same time the psalmist is presenting the deepest parts of his heart, he boldly clings to his hope in Christ. We stand on the solid rock of our hope so that we do not drown in our sorrows and worries. If you've placed your personal faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you have this hope. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can take the hope of eternal life away from you. When your pain is in the depths of your bones and tears are your only food, put your hope in the Lord who never disappoints. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word to us this morning. We thank you for the lament psalms that give us an avenue for expressing our hurt and our pain and our hardship to you but also are the means by which we can move towards hope and trust in you. That you would use these psalms when we are in our pain to express honestly to you what we are feeling, but also to move us to keep our hope in you and you alone. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching this video from Hillside Evangelical Free Church. Our hope is that these resources will help you grow as a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. We're located in Greenbank, Washington on Whidbey Island. And if you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to have you join us. You can find out more information at our website at hillside-efc.com.